Thank you so much for joining us for episode 38, I believe this is, of the Adventure Games podcast. And this is an Adventure X special. So I'm here as always with uh, Thomas and Laura, my two amazing, maybe not quite as amazing as me, but still amazing co-hosts. Oh. How are you? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, this is going to be a How very are you guys? short We didn't episode. fight at all over the weekend in London, but I'm, I'm guessing that might be about to change. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you so much for that, George. <laughs> You see, now that now that I am in the safety of my own home, I can uh, kind of yeah. <laughs> of course, this is this generation's thing, you know, to be behind a computer, <laughs> and you can say what you want then, but you can still see my face. But um, now, anyway, so we, uh, I did say that we were going to try to record live the three of us at Adventure X. That was not possible because, well, different reasons, mainly because we were not able to find a place that was quiet or a time to record the three of us because we went straight to the pub, which was impossible. because we went to the pub, really, isn't it? That's the reason. Practically. (laughs) (laughs) Practically. (laughs) And then... Yeah, that's... Yeah, we have and to be honest Sunday there. And then Sunday we just had to, well, we Thomas and I had to take a flight back to sure. Ireland and Laura had to take a train back to your place. So. Reading. But it's Reading, yes. So hopefully next time, hopefully we'll meet up again very soon, the three of us, in less crazy circumstances. And hopefully, uh, or if not next year or some other conference, maybe either two or three of us can record yeah. together. But we are here. We are... Boat in three different locations, but we have a lot to talk about. There was a lot that happened on Adventure X, or at Adventure X rather. So, how are you guys doing? Very good, thank you. I've I've recovered, I, recovered from the weekend. I I, I need I needed two days to recover because I was exhausted. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I I played a lot of demos and played a lot of games. Met amazing people. Everybody, basically everybody I met there was cool, was cool. Uh, but I did. I did need with all the traveling. I did need did, needed two days to recover from that because I was exhausted on Monday, and I was I, I was off on Tuesday, so I could uh, use that to uh, yeah do nothing basically. Lucky, lucky for some, all right for some, isn't it? <laughs> some people have to have the, the the you know the mindset to to make sure that they can do that. Oh, other other people just jump on a plane to Canada. And, Uh, Yes. Well, but by the time this episode goes out, I will hopefully be in Toronto. God, (laughs) (laughs) because we're recording this the night before I go to Canada, so it should be interesting. I believe it's supposed to be snowing in Toronto, (laughs) and it's supposed to be very, very cold over there. And actually, I met Julia Minamata, who's from Canada at Adventure X, and I told her, "Hey, Julia, I'm going to Canada this Thursday." And her instant reaction was, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> why? Like, what, what, exactly. And she said, no, because it's going to be so cold. And because and, she uh, was going to be in the UK when you were there in uh, Canada. That's true as well. So I know. So we're kind of swapping, swapping destinations, swapping yeah. locations. But, um, but yeah, so I will hopefully be in Canada by the time this goes out. Otherwise, something would have gone seriously wrong. And I hope uh, that I don't end up like in the long dark. Oh, God. That I can protect myself more. <laughs> so, um, before we get talking about Adventure X, there is a couple of Kickstarters that I wanted to mention very briefly. 
Uh, first of all, huge congratulations to the Coles. Their game, Summer Days at Hero U, has been funded. Yes. And they met nice. two stretch goals as well. Really? So that game, yes. believe it's animations and a mini game that they're going to put as well. Cool. So we're going to have more animations. So that game has been funded, so we can look forward to that game as well. And you can also listen back to my two bonus episodes with them. Um, also, Justin Wack and the Big Time Hack well is... Done. Thank you, I was practicing. <laughs> that is now on Kickstarter, and the developer is Pontus Wittenmark. I'm going to keep saying his name because I keep forgetting how to say it exactly as well. And as I said, that game looks really cool. The demo is out, the Kickstarter page is out, so you can see a trailer, play a demo, and you can back that game as well if you wish, and you can listen back to my interview with him on last week's episode. And there is another, uh, well, two two Kickstarters, actually. Uh, the Mystery of Woolly Mountain, which was released. Uh, this time, it is on Kickstarter in a collector's USB cassette. So it has bonus features. It comes in a box. So again, if you want, if you miss the times when games came in big boxes, uh, well, maybe you can back this on Kickstarter and help him out with that, so it helped James Lightfoot out with this Kickstarter. It's nearly there, nearly met his goal, but maybe you can help him reach it. One last push. And Yes, exactly. And speaking of one last push, there is another game called Super Inconvenience Smart, which at the time of recording has just a few days left to go. And it is a point-and-click adventure game for the PC, and it's inspired by the likes of Mystery Science Theater 3000, Lucasfilm Games, and Sierra and so the developer is Zach Peterson. And so, again, this is a labor of love that's, again, very, very close to reaching its goal. So people can check that game out as well. So super inconvenience, Mart. Nice. So, um, yeah, so those are some Kickstarters. And so now we can go on to Adventure X because, uh, first, before we get on to talk about the games that we played, there was some kind of big news that came out of Adventure X. I uh, don't know if you guys are, well, completely aware, but Dave Gilbert gave a talk, and it was very, very interesting. Uh, he had two big pieces of news. First of all, unfortunately, Techno Babylon 2 is on hold temporarily. Um, unfortunately, developer James Dearton uh, has an illness, so he needs to, well, recover from that and work on recovering on that. So we, we wish him all the best there with that. So now he's still working on it, Dave Gilbert said. But he's, it's, you know, there's no release date or anything yet, so we don't know exactly when it will be released, but it's on hold temporarily. And Dave Gilbert also mentioned that he then decided to work on a game himself, his new game. He was going to make it in 3D, but he then decided to make it in 2D because he said that it's taking too, too long to, to learn how to use it and to learn how to use the tools again. So he said, after all, we're a business. We need to release games. So he said that they've decided to go back to 2D. So we don't know many details yet. But um, uh, yeah, I think anything that he does, I think, is interesting. So uh, any thoughts on this bit of news? Well, it's, of course, it's the worst way of having to put a game on hold is because yeah. you mm-hmm. have, have an illness. So... We all wish a, a very quick recovery to uh, to James. There, I hope uh, he takes all the time he needs to uh, to recover from this, and he will can continue whatever it is he's working on after that. Because health comes first all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, and, you know, it can be a very stressful thing when you're working on these games as well. So, and that probably, you know, doesn't, doesn't help in these situations. So, yeah, hopefully he just takes the time he needs and no pressure and, and you know, the gamers will understand. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. That's one thing that I've got from speaking to developers is just how many sacrifices they make and for us as well. So for uh, for us adventure game players, so yeah. all the best to him. And what do you guys think about Dave Gilbert now going back to 2D? So does that mean that, because te- I spoke to Dave so- Gilbert at EGX, at EGX Rest in April, and he told me that Techno Babylon 2 was going to be in 3D. Does, it, does that, because I yes. wasn't there for the actual talk of this bit, does that mean Techno Babylon 2 is going to be in 2D? No, he confirmed on Facebook later that Techno Babylon 2 will still be in 3D. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, but, but his, his new game will his be His new in. game will be. So he released uh. a game called, I believe, Open Skies uh, for, for Adventure Jam. He re- released that anonymously. And that was in 3D that he bought uh, 3D Asset and Unity, which was a street. And he made a game that was about 10, 15 minutes long. And so he said, oh, I'll do like an update or enhancement of that game. But he realized then it's very different making a 10, 15 minute game in 3D and making a full, say, six hour game in 3D as well, especially when he's never used 3D. So um, he he said that he and Ben Chandler, the artist, then decided to go back to what they know, and that is 2D. So uh, we don't exactly know what type of 2D. I presume it will probably be similar to what they've done before using AGS. But again... I can't confirm that because I don't know if it will be um, pixel art or another type of 2D or whatever. But I, I noticed some people are happy as going back to 2D. I mean, I, I love the 2D myself, but I'm, I was also very curious to see what they could do in 3D. And I also always like to encourage developers to, you know, try some things new as well and to innovate whenever possible but hey look dave gilbert as far as i'm concerned can do whatever he wants oh yeah he's earned it (laughs) (laughs) well you know he's earned it (laughs) you know i'm not a big fan of 3d but i I must i must also (laughs) say that that is firmly based on my experiences from games from the late 90s where the 3d simply was not up to scratch Mm. so uh, now with the, the technique nowadays i i must say that i will not immediately uh, shoot down ideas like that. I mean, I would love to see what what developers like that can now do with the 3D technology we have now, uh, and maybe uh, they will come up with something brilliant that will just enhance the game playing experience, which is, or and and the story experience, which is eventually the the most important thing. So let's not shoot down anything before we've seen and play it, uh, because that's something people do way too much nowadays. Well, just two words: Heaven's Vault. That's in 3D. Heaven's Fold is brilliant. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, when people say, oh, 3D, I'm not saying you, Thomas, because I know you're not like that, but other people I see would instantly say, oh, 3D, yeah. all games look terrible. No, nope. that's But that's because they probably it's... also have that memory of the of the 90s in mind when 3D was terrible. And, exactly, uh, but that's 20 years ago. Many, so. many, many, many games nowadays, also the 2D games, implement 3D in their uh, in their mm-hmm. gameplay without most players even noticing it because exactly. they're so used to that. So we'll see what, what's going on. Um, we'll see what uh, Dave Gilbert is going to come up with. If the story is just as, as good as his previous games, then we'll ha- we have nothing to fear. Uh, we're in good hands there. And the same goes with uh, with James Dearden once he's recovered for Techno Babylon 2. And obviously uh, futuristic games 
ah, let's see how that works in 3D. I'm I mean, it, for it. it's like what Dave was saying to me in April. He was, uh, he was like, I don't think our games are successful because they're 2D. If you're only playing our games because of their look, then exactly. that's, but then that's you're, not what he's learning. about. Yeah, we're learning the wrong lessons from yeah. why certain games are. I mean, exactly. Heaven's Fault is not uh, is not as good as it is because it's in 3D. It is as good as it is because it looks great and it it has a fantastic story. And the same goes for Unavowed or for the Return of the Oprah Din of whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. If the gameplay is shite, uh, it can be a polished turd, and we don't we don't want that. We want a good sto- a good compelling story. We want interesting characters, and we want it to play well. And if the, the, we have to trust the developers that they will bring their vision to us the way they think it is best. And exactly. if they make a, a judgment call there and it turns out to be not so good, okay, but it is their game and we are um, privileged to be able to play it. Well, one of the reasons Dave wanted to go 3D, I don't know if he mentioned it to me or another podcast, is that he said in 3D can give you more options. So, for example, in Heaven's Vault... It's the main character and the robot. They can walk and talk at the same time. But Dave Gilbert said that in On the Vow, because it's 2D, the characters had to stop and talk and then keep going as well. They weren't able to walk and talk at the same time because of the, the well, the, the engine, the, the limitations of the engine. I believe he said something like that. So he mm. wanted to be I able to I think he said that to me, Shorsha. Was it to you? Yeah, in my interview. <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did I read that interview then that... Uh, was that you who interviewed he- him then for the Adventure Gamers? Yeah, 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 that was me. Okay, yeah, it was probably there then. Well, I didn't know it was you who interviewed him. Well, it was a great interview I mean, then. <laughs> to be honest, he could have said that to any number of people, so it may well have been somebody yeah. else. I'm sure he says it a well, lot. We can- we can give you the credit, but that's one of the things, one of the reasons why he wanted to go 3D to try and give more options uh, with the gameplay, as we mentioned, and with the storytelling, like in Heaven's Vault, which it would not be the same game in 2D, apart from the way it looks, but apart also the way it plays. The same with Obra Dinn, even though it looks like it's 2D, um, the only way that could be made is in 3D. So, again, we, you know, let the developers, you know, decide what... If, do and exactly. if developers don't innovate, the genre will die. It's as simple as exactly. that. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so that was Dave Gilbert. Hopefully, we'll find out more news pretty soon. Um, and the other talk that I was at was by Charles Cecil, the developer of Broken Sword. And that was a very interesting talk as well. He spoke mainly about virtual theater, which I know me and Laura discussed a few episodes ago. He spoke about how it was used in Lure of the Temptress their first first game and Beneath the Steel Sky and also the limitations of virtual theatre in those games and how they're now looking to implement it in Beyond the Steel Sky. Uh, now, you mentioned this as well, Laura, at, DG, at Gamescom, how you mentioned with the hacking puzzles as well. So, yeah. um, so again, I'm looking forward uh, to that as well, seeing what they can they can do because um, I know that Revolution went 3D before and it didn't always work out. Maybe the best with Broken Sword 3 and Broken Sword 4, but this time it seems like they're going 3D not because the publishers wanted to go 3D, but because they want to go 3D mm. and they feel that they're able to give. Uh, you know, they want to, he also mentioned how he wants to make it look like a comic book with Dave Gibbons who did the Watchmen. And he spoke about the, the backgrounds that have to be very clear and crisp. That's important to them as well. And so that was really, really fascinating talk. So it uh, should be up on YouTube sometime. Yes. <laughs> and I'd recommend that people watch it. And Dave Gibbons, so, obviously, he also 
who also did the art for Beneath a Steel Sky as well. So as well, yeah, yes, yeah. He's so a he, legendary he knows, artist. He knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So again, he's one of the co-creators of Watchmen. See. You know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So. And that's how it was that. Now we also went, you know, we also did two different things. We, there was a quiz. How did we do? Oh, let's not uh, we didn't that. show up at first because we were too, we were too late, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, because I we were showed talking. Up. You were there. You On were, my own. You were properly there. And, and <laughs> Sersha Thanks, and I showed guys. up too late because we were talking to all kinds of people. Ooh, <laughs> right. We left the lady on her own. Hello. Not very gentlemanly of us. Terrible. Uh, well, I was, I was waiting to be called in, and we weren't called in, or we didn't hear it. <laughs> and but I think it's probably for the best because those questions were hard. Very hard. Very hard. <laughs> they were even very ter- hard. Yeah. Even the and I have easy a terrible ones. memory anyway. <laughs> I think I got one, <laughs> one question right. Yeah. And um, and then there's a final thing with uh, the what was it? The, the dark, dark room. room. All I remember is, you die, you die, you die. That was hilarious. I love my ass off with that show. It was basically interactive. Um, like, in, like in a text adventure, you get uh, a couple of choices, and then he would pick, it was someone on stage. The, the, the area would be mostly dark, but he would light his face half with a flashlight, and he would have a talk in a very British accent. They would select someone from the from the audience and they had to tell him what he was what what they wanted to do, like uh, uh, search for the light switch and something. They had usually four choices and there was a, a, a ton of humor in there and it was it was absolutely hilarious. I, I, uh, I, I laughed a lot and the guy r- really knew his audience because he yeah. was making uh, adventure jokes and uh, gamer jokes and development jokes and uh, yeah, he was, he was, he was really, really good. And you die a lot. You, di- you we died. died a lot. We died like 12 times. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, and that's also a game on Steam with him with uh, with backgrounds as well. And that he does basically like his show, but for the Steam game. So that could be worth checking out if people are interested. And um, so now we can finally get to the games at Adventure X. Now, th- usually we review full games that we've played, but this time... They were demos that we played. They were short, you know, they were first impressions we're going to give of the games. But um, the first one I'd ask, uh, so Laura, how many games did you play at Adventure X? <laughs> I played, I basically played all of them. Wow. Uh, that's apart that's from really the, impressive. Thank, thank you. Apart from the one that required two people to play. Uh, that's the only one I didn't play. I played 24 out of 25. <laughs> no, you played wow, 25 that's... out of 26 even. Oh, were the twenty six? I yeah, lost twenty six. I began to lose count. You know, there were so many of them. There's so many. And so so yeah. good. I did not yes. I did not play a a bad game there. Yeah, I mm. agree. No. No, that's that's true. Now that's genuinely impressive because there were a couple of games that I wanted to play, but every time I went over there were always somebody playing. Yeah. So, and um, now I did play as many, but I did do some interviews with some developers and for meant to say this earlier, but they will be going up first of all on Patreon from next week onwards. I'll be doing one a week, uploading one a week. And then probably some episodes, some interviews I'll be putting on these regular episodes as bonus episodes. But if you want to hear the full interviews that I did at Adventure X, the best place would be on a Patreon. Um, so, I'll talk so how about can that. how can people become a Patreon member then, Sersha? Well, they Ooh. go to patreon.com uh, forward slash adventure games podcast, and there are two tiers. 
So there's a $1 and $5 tier. So this would be first of all for the $5 tier people, just to give them something and a way of saying thank you to them for supporting the podcast and, um, and something exclusive first. And then over time, we will be showing something as well to the, for the regular episodes. Again, as a thank you to people who listen to the podcast and who uh, support us as well. But um, yeah, it's patreon.com forward slash Adventure Games Podcast. And the information is there. It's very simple. You can easily subscribe. You don't need to fill out any forms. And it's it's very, very simple. So uh, you can check it out there. So, um, so Laura, do you want to start with... Uh, some of the games that you played and that sure. you found interesting. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll. Should we do one each, or how? How would you like me? Uh, I, I won't yeah, launch into like. Lo- I don't want to do the Gamescom thing again. Okay, so I'll, I'll just. <laughs> uh, I'll you'll do. You'll do, you'll do one, and I'll do after you, and yeah. then Shane, then you do one again. Let's exactly. Let's do it like that's, that. that's called planning ahead. Hey. <laughs> We're adventure gamers. Oh, we we know how to you know think on our feet. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. That, no, this was a quick time event. Oh, okay. That oh. we had to decide very quickly. Square triangle. <laughs> Square. Oh, one. <laughs> and you die. No. You die. You die. No. You no, die. No, we got we got through that. So yes, Laura, <laughs> okay. do you want to start? I with... would indeed. Uh, so Backbone, I think I'll start with. We were having a little chat, weren't we, about how there are so many games featuring anthropomorphic detectives at the moment. Um, yeah. as does Batbone, which is you play um, a raccoon detective, uh, Howard Lotor. Um, but uh, saying that, I think it's it's got lots to offer. You, you know, all of these games, even though they've got kind of similar premises, are all very interesting in their own right. And um, this is no exception. It, um, I don't know, did, did either of you guys play this one? Yeah, I played it as well. And it looked really, really, it was the first game I played. Yeah, uh, at uh, Adventure X, and um, it it looked really good. It, it was one of the games I think Sorsha and I also mentioned in our preview show uh, a couple of months ago, a couple of, almost, yes, I, almost a year ago already. I I played it uh, the demo, the previous version, but not at Adventure X. Sure, yeah. and it it's so just I, it's just an mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, it, it looks beautiful. It's set in this kind of dystopian Vancouver, um, and it's it's kind of like pixelated. I'd say like 2.5D, um, so not not quite uh, 2D, not quite 3D, kind of in between. No. It, it, a... used, it used 3D for backgrounds yes. and walking around, and it, yeah. looked, it, 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 it blended really well. It, they managed to uh, really capture the uh, uh, neo-noir um, anthropomorphic animal vibe. Yeah, yes. uh, and it, it was a game that um, is definitely going to be on my, uh, my wish list. Uh, yeah the, yeah, the rain effects I thought when I played the demo before were amazing. Now, I mm. believe they have updated the demo. Uh, they mentioned in a post on Discord and on Twitter. I'm not entirely too sure what the updates are, but it, from the demo that I played, I really enjoyed it as well. And did you, did you manage to get past the stealth sections? I did. The uh, with so- a hint, because I was doing something very wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I'm interested in what you were doing, Thomas, because um, I found that a little difficult as well. Because it, yeah, even me too. it was sneaking in 2D or you know nearly 2D is quite difficult because it's hard to see what you're supposed to hide behind. I did find that bit a bit difficult. I mean, the, mm, yeah. uh, Al- Alex, the developer who was there at Adventure X, said that whilst these sort of stealth elements are going to feature throughout the game, they're going to keep it fairly simple. So there'll only be like a couple of seconds long 
So, you know, any adventure gamer can kind of do it and get through manage to get through it. So it's not going to be a big part of the game. But no. yeah, I, I did I did find that bit a little bit difficult. Yeah, well, that's, it's if you if you're you know you're thrown in without any context at, with, yeah, with yeah. most demos. So it, it also took me a bit to find out what I was doing wrong because I I kept getting caught, and that was because first of all I wasn't sneaking, so at first <laughs> I, I, I needed to do some proper sneaking, and then I needed to hide in the dark at the correct spot. Sure. Uh, with that that part, I found out myself, and then it was very easy to get by. Yeah. So. And yeah, once you know how to do it, I think it's definitely easier. But I did die a couple of times Same. at first as well. Yeah, which is um, a proper adventure game. Uh, well, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, and I enjoyed the little. Um, I won't give too much away because you can obviously play the demo online. But I enjoyed the the puzzle after that, which was to crack the code. Um, that was quite good fun. Yes, um, that I was hope... a very good adventure game. Puzzle. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that puzzle, and I hope there's more like that in the game. So, um, yeah, all in all, I mean, enjoyed the puzzle. The self was you know, fine. And if there's any going to be little bits of it, that'll be fine. Graphics, beautiful, intriguing story. He's basically Mm -hmm. trying to trace someone, um, in the, in, uh, who's gone missing this otter, uh, and he's trying to find him and it goes all a bit dark at the end. I Um, found him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I Mm. I don't want to say what happens to him, but it's not a happy ending for the otter. It's an intriguing, (laughs) intriguing story. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to I wanted to know more about what happened. So I believe this game might be coming out sometime in 2020. I'm yeah, not entirely sure when, but uh, yeah, quarter four, 2020, I believe. Yeah. So I'm, and, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, you know, it looks beautiful. And um, if it's got sort of in- interesting intrigue, as we saw in the demo, it'll be a, a good one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, it's set in also a dystopian Vancouver. As yeah. long as I'm not a dy- dystopian Toronto this weekend, Uh-oh. I'll be <laughs> I'll be happy. We'll see. We'll gonna... see once you leave, right? <laughs> oh, we'll see. <laughs> but actually, a, a very interesting uh, tidbit about the game that I found out is uh, now this might be an insider exclusive, mm. and uh, but also we mentioned that there are other games. Uh, we're featuring animal detectives as well with Colossal Games and Charlotte Sutherland. And they're, those characters in different games, some may play, some that may make cameo appearances, the developers told me, because the developers all know each other and are friends. So some of the characters may make appearances. Now, may make cameo appearances either in the background or uh, as NPCs. So that's something really intriguing as well. That <laughs> I like that um, idea. So, yeah. Um, so that's Greta's backbone. Uh, thank you, Laura. And Thomas, is there any game that you wanted to talk about? Yes, it's actually the second game I played after I played Backbone. I played Crowns and Pawns, uh, yes. which is... That was, a, that was another game. That was one of the main games I wanted to play, but I never could because there was all, always somebody yeah. there. Which is a good sign. Yeah. That's a very good sign. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't me. actually. I didn't actually play that technic- uh, at uh, Adventure X, but I played it at Gamescom. So, right. I'm, ca- okay, I'm we'll, counting we'll that. Al- well, they, we'll they released it. a video on uh, Instagram because I obviously started following on Instagram, and I'm actually in the video. <laughs> you I saw are. that. I was playing the game. That, actually. Yeah. So you it's can see cra- Thomas there. Well, or the back of your head at least. <laughs> no, everything. You can see my. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh what are you doing? <laughs> so that's Crowns and Pawns, Kingdom of the Seeds, in which it's a, it is very it, it reminded me of Broken Sword and Runaway. Um, mm. The way it looks, it 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 uh, it had a very it looked 
really cool to be honest and um the 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 thing i played is in this case you are a girl from chicago and you inherit a house in latvia and uh the part i played was when you arrive at the house for the first time since uh your grandfather or uncle i I don't know for sure anymore uh passed away and you get to investigate the house and find some things and basically get the whole uh uh, adventure kickstarted uh and it it left a very very good impression on me uh the 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 puzzles all made sense it it flowed really well the gameplay was very uh, logical uh for a point of click adventure it was basically a modern classic point of click adventure yes and i think cool. it's been endorsed by charles Cecil himself mm-hmm. yeah he says yes, uh, on the back of the flyer i'm really intrigued by the story charles Cecil, creator of broken sword and this is not just one of those, you know, pay me to make a comment uh, <laughs> from other developers, because uh, first of all, I believe some of the developers, Sarunas, he was involved in Broken Store 2.5, which was the freeware fan-made game uh, of Broken Sword, which was endorsed by Charles Cecil as well. And they told me, because I also did an interview with the developers, and they told me that they invited Charles Cecil to Lithuania, which is where they're based, to play the game. And he then officially endorsed it there as well. And he wow. he was, I believe, the first person or one of the first people to play the game or play a demo of the game as well. So, yeah, so this is, seems genuine. It doesn't seem to be like, uh, you know, rent a quote from famous person uh, talking about the game. The Charles Cecil seems to really dig the game. As well, and uh, no, I'm really looking forward to it. I've seen the trailer, I've been reading up about it, and the interview that I did with them that gave some interesting information. There seem to be in locations that aren't typical in any game, like in Lithuania, and then I believe you travel the world as well. So again, it's got all the things that that I want as well. Mm-hmm. So it has. I think you mentioned there as well. Feels like Broken Sword and Runaway. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 I had that vibe and a bit of the the look. But uh, what they told me, for instance, was uh, that the way the main character dresses is also in, uh, has also an impact on the story. They had all these cool ideas that I can't wait to see in action, and it, it just looked really good. Yeah. Yeah, and I I enjoyed the puzzles as well in that demo. Again, they were uh, sort of really satisfying to do. Not not really difficult, but you still had to think a little bit. And that you know, those are the best kind of adventure games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. logical. Yes, it was like okay, I need to get this. In order to get this, I probably need to do this. But in order to do this, I need to find something like that. Now, what do I have here in this house that can get me there? And uh, it's just basically they all made sense to puzzles in that way. So, um, as you said, it wasn't really hard, but it doesn't have to be really hard because it all mm-hmm. it's all in favor of the story and it, it keeps the story going. So, yeah, I, f- I found it very enjoyable. Yeah, well, hopefully we can get them on the podcast too because I'd love to talk to them in more detail. I spoke about Venture X, but I'd love to find out more, you know, go really into more detail about the game as well and their story as well, how they got involved making adventure games as well. Yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, so that was Crowns and Pawns. So uh, thank you for that, Thomas. Um, now, one of the games that I played there was A Juggler's Tale. I believe you guys played this as well. I've, yes. I've, yep. I was fascinated by this. You play as um, a marionette. So it's, uh, you know, it's like a, what do you call it, like a puppet, a marionette thing, and you are uh, basically in captivity from a cruel circus owner, 
And so you have to then, one of the puzzles there, Now I'm not going to say all of the demo because I don't want to give any spoilers for when the demo does come out, but one of the puzzles is you have to get this kind of ball thing, but you have to get past a bear. And you have to use the environment, so you have to push crates and then jump on crates and then try and maybe distract the bear, maybe try and get past the bear. And there, I love the music, you know, just medieval type music, so it's medieval type setting, fantasy setting. And very Celtic music, I found, mm. I thought. And it's, um, and, and then you have to try. And then there is a bit of a twist then afterwards. Yeah, but Which it, I won't it, reveal, but. Yeah, it, it's an, it's a narratively driven side scroller. So, uh, yes. it's, it's like a, you walk from left to right, sometimes a bit back. And it is all driven by the story. And the story is being told by the narrator. And mm-hmm. you basically play out what he is what he is telling and it, it looks absolutely stunning and mm-hmm. the the marionette part with the strings the strings influence the environment as well so they are part of the problem solving and it was really well done yeah i i particularly enjoyed that bit as you say there's some elements you know you can't go under certain things because of the strings coming down from the mm. ceiling so you have to figure out a way so that as you say it becomes part of the puzzle then the the actual context of the protagonist so yeah that that i really like that little element that was quite clever yeah yes and the narrator's voice i loved i found very soothing so i'm pretty <laughs> sure he's gonna be a bad guy <laughs> but no i loved the voice as well that you know, the, the way he read the lines. And that was the only voice actor we had in the game, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I didn't need any other voice mm. acting because the narrator, I don't know who it was, but he was so good. That's it's uh, And so it, it's and the graphics looked amazing as well. And yeah, I was really, really intrigued and I really would love to play it when it comes out, find out more about it. And so we can find out more. I don't know when it's... I believe the developer told me... His name was Dominic. He said, I think they're halfway through the development yeah, of the game. Yeah, he said probably by the end of 2020 it'd be coming out. Okay. So, yes, it's still a little bit, but yeah, it'll, it'll come before yeah, we know it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Which is terrifying. But... Just by, by the end of next EGX. Uh, AG, yes. Uh, AGX. Even. Adventure X. Oh, God, wow. There's too many <laughs> conferences. Oh, God. Yes, ad- ad- Adventure Games Come X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's start our own. Yeah, sure. Oh, Here, write it well. Ireland and Reading, maybe you could do anyway. <laughs> no one's <laughs> going to come for the Reading. Feature. Yes. Um, so then, Laura, you play, you do the second game yes, then? Uh, the Crimson Diamond, about? which I think yes. all of you played as well. Really loved this. I did not play it. But I bet you, you, I bet you spotted it though, because it, um, it uh-huh. really, you know, I could, I was watching people as it was, it was in the main hall that this game was on, and it, you could see people's eyes were being drawn towards it because it, it's such mm-hmm. a beautiful uh, color palette it has. It's sort of, it's a tr- kind of traditional text parser uh, adventure game, which is, you know, when you type in "look at something," "pick up," um, and you, you got to type in commands basically, um, and it uses this sort of EGA um, color palette, which is, um, if you know, sort of games like King's Quest Three, things like that, the kind of Sierra Laura games. Bow. Yeah. And Conquest I think Julia Longbow, said that stuff. Yeah. That was, yeah, she was particularly in- influenced by that, so which you can tell by the game. But, and it, she's updated some elements as, you know, some slightly more pixelated bits, but it just, it looks so great and, you know, really gives you that uh, feeling of nostalgia when, when you 
have a, a go at it um yeah. and it it was interesting talking to the developer um julia she was saying at shorsha uh because this was her first game she's just a, she's an artist yeah. <laughs> and she just decided to oh i'll make i'll like make characters i'll um, just do that then okay yeah wow. i'll just make a whole game and she was like i've never made a game before but i just was playing around with this art style and then i thought oh i'll make some characters and then i'll just make this whole game um which is crazy because she's made it look amazing but um equally you know not just it looks amazing it, the story sounds really intriguing you're like this kind of reluctant detective slash geologist uh like, nancy maple like like um, a bit of the, the colonel's bequest yes yes yeah yeah, yeah. uh and you know you she goes to this ghost town crimson in ontario and she's got to investigate this discovery of a massive diamond um it's all this kind of intrigue uh in the demo you're kind of going around trying to speak to people and find out what you know they're they're all quite eccentric and weird so you're just like <laughs> chatting to people basically but yeah i i loved it i thought it just looked amazing and it, you know she she's clearly passionate even though she's maybe not a games developer she's clearly passionate about th- those kind of games because you know you could just see in, in what she'd made and, mm. and and you know what she'd brought to life it just looked really fun yeah, yeah she really she, she told me that um i think the artist who did Laura Bo, the Colonel Bequest, they showed him screenshots of the movie, and at first he thought it was his work. So oh, yes. the fact that she managed ah. to emulate him so good, so well, that he actually thought it was his own work, that wow. means that she did a really, really good job. And I actually didn't play the demo, but I saw someone play, and I'm like, I don't need to play this. I know exactly how this works. <laughs> it looks exactly like the games I used to play back in, an, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, this is definitely going to go... Uh, I'm going to get this one. Uh, I'm going to play this one. Because it it, it, it looks like an, an updated version, uh, mostly in the gameplay uh, department of games uh, from, from back then. Yeah, completely. Uh, and then a question, well, maybe for, for Laura, because I don't know about you, but I did not grow up playing these games, these Sierra games. Uh, I, I was a late starter with Broken Sword. I never really played text parser games. Um, do you think that someone maybe like me or someone who's never really played text par- parser games, do you think that they could really get into it? Do, do you see people or uh, do you think that they could maybe uh played easily enough i think so yeah i mean there's a little tutorial which i assume will be in the main game which explains it all really well but it's you know in a way i think it's sort of easier to pick up than normal adventure games because it's all of your own creation you know you're typing in look at this pick up this you know you've got so many more options compared to an adventure game where there's there's a certain type of logic for adventure games where i think if you haven't played many of them you you might not get certain elements of right but i think with this it's almost more freeing because you are just you're typing in those commands and it just does what you want it to so it might not be what you're supposed to do for the story <laughs> but, <laughs> you know that's part of the fun <laughs> yeah and I, I th- one thing i did like about the game was um there's a notebook which tells you know if you're getting a bit lost with all these commands you can do you can look at this notebook and it um comes up with like a list of things that you need to complete to kind of progress but some of that won't be right. stuff that you you know you're not going to have fun if you just do all of this and you don't do anything else but if you were wanted to be like where am i going i don't know what i'm doing you can look at that and i thought that was a nice idea so it's not you know you don't you're not completely just like w- wandering into places saying like pick up this sure. look at this yeah, well, text, sure, text yeah. adventures are still being played and created and, and graphic yeah. text adventures mm-hmm. as well. So this might even uh, be some kind of comeback for the for the text parser mm-hmm. driven 
point and click adventure <laughs> <laughs> adventure game text so, parser uh, adventure game yeah she was she, yeah, text parser I, I hope so and, yeah. I hope she so. was lovely to talk to and she was so clearly incredibly yes. passionate everybody there was passionate about their game and rightfully <laughs> so because there was some amazing work there so it's uh, it's it's cool to to see that uh, to hear that and see that work no ab- absolutely no i really I've played myself, but the demo, I believe, is publicly available as well on Steam and itch.io, so anybody can try it out. And even if you've never played a text parser game, from what you guys are saying, uh, you should be able to play it as well and enjoy it. And, of course, if you have played text parser games like the Colonel's Bequest and the other Lord of Bow games as well, then it should feel, make you feel at home, I believe, from what I'm hearing. So hopefully she can appear on the podcast as well. That will be in awesome. In the future. Be it would be great. Because yeah. uh, she was absolutely, you know, really, really nice as well. And um, so it seems to be a Canadian team going on here. <laughs> There's two games that you've spoken mm. about were set in Canada. <laughs> I just love Canada. That's the only thing I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Maybe you should be going to Toronto Maybe instead I of me. <laughs> it's not too late, but. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, oh, so, um, okay, so and that's coming out, uh, maybe you think 2020, 2021 yeah, sometime. Uh, yeah, qu- quarter, quarter four, 2020. Okay. I get these um, dates, I get them down. <laughs> that's, that's called planning ahead, <laughs> being professional. Oh, oh <laughs> so, uh, speaking, speaking of professional, Thomas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> an, an unexpected segue there. Um, yes, I, uh, I, well, speaking of professional, uh, the next game I want to talk about is Aurora, the Lost Medallion. Oh, yes. yes. This is very professional, definitely. It's yeah, very, that, speaking of passionate. Yeah. Wow, that game looks, uh, <laughs> looked ridiculously good. I played the demo, uh, I played the entire demo. It was 40 minutes. I did, it did not feel like 40 minutes. Uh, the game really sucked me in. It looks, uh, re- remarkable. It has its, uh, uh, its very own style. It is very a comic book style. Uh, more like a yeah. You you play a little girl, and the 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 demo the is sort of a tutorial on getting to know the game a bit. And you play hide and seek with other uh, um, children in the base that you are in. Uh, that part was also awesome because there was a lot of world building going on. They, um, you would you would play a bit of the game and then you would get um, not a cutscene but just like uh, it would load something, and in the meantime you would get a bit of more story. Uh, everything was uh, voice acted. It it just really really was it was really good. <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm, it was one of those games that I'm definitely looking looking forward to playing, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be amazing. Because the demo, the demo gave me a really good impression of the game. So, yeah, it had kind of Deponia esque graphics. I would say it looked yes. quite interesting in in that sort of sense. But um, exactly that, uh, really pretty. But you know, yeah, looks really lovely in its own right. Um, and as you say, I um, I, I really enjoyed the puzzles that, that were involved in that. Um, they they look, you know, they were just like fun to to sort of get your head around and there was some like I'll, I'll give one example where you know there was um a crank uh you had like this iron crowbar um and it didn't quite fit in the slot so you had to um put, put, freeze it to make it shrink a bit things like that 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 use a bit of you have to have a bit of knowledge a bit of 
logic, um, bit of uh, knowledge about things, but not nothing too difficult. No, and no. and and the last puzzle of the game is when you find when you like to try to find the last person. It was actually that was not an easy puzzle, but mm-hmm. uh, what I liked about it is that if you um, well quote unquote failed because it wasn't really failing. Um, then the character itself would like, okay, I did this, I did this, I think I need to do this. So the, the game itself gave you a bit of a hint there where you needed to go, and that was where, that was very welcome. It, it, uh, without feeling um, uh, yeah, pressured in or anything, it felt very natural. Sure. So uh, it was, it, it was, uh, I had a lot of fun playing this game, and as I said, the demo was, I played it for 40 minutes, but it absolutely did not feel like forty minutes. It felt like it, the 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 story really sucked me in. Yeah, definitely. Now I did not play the game, but I did speak at length with the developer, and really, really fascinating. And def- now, unfortunately, when I spoke with him, I, uh, in my professionalism, did not record. <laughs> but I was planning on going back to see him, but. Either I was busy or he was busy, so he didn't get a chance to record. But we, I really hope to get him on the podcast yeah. soon as well because That'd be great. he had a, an amazing story. He, uh, some of the things that he told me was that he had this story since he, since tw- for twenty five years, he had this story that he wants to make a universe rather than a game as well. He's saying that he wants to really make a game that in every aspect people can enjoy. That he's putting everything into it. He quit his job. Uh, to focus on this game, he's putting all his well, his money and life or his savings into this game. Some of the actors are—I don't know the names—but they're appearing on or they appear on some Netflix TV series. He told me, and I believe he told me as well that this is like Harry Potter meets Star Wars uh, mm. vibe that he's going for. And yeah, I believe this—he's uh, working. I don't know how many uh, crazy hours a day, like twelve, thirteen, fourteen hours per day on this game. So. He said he wants to make it look great, play well, with a great story, with great voice acting, that he wants this, that he really wants this to be a really good game, that he wants people to enjoy the game. And he even asked you, Thomas, while you were playing, while we were talking, he was asking, did you enjoy it? Are you happy? Because <laughs> he wants to make people happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, 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 I was that's, really enjoying that's it. That's a yeah. great objective. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, just to make people happy, and that's what, what you get. And so... Um, yeah, I believe it's going to be four episodes. Yeah, this is, this is just the first part. Yeah, and it's pretty long. (laughs) The demo is 40 minutes, which is also available on Steam that everybody can play for themselves. And I believe it's out, is it March 2020 or some around then? Yeah, he said sort of February, March 2020. Wow, that's, that's quick. Which which won't be long. So again, definitely a very high on my list of games to play. I definitely want to play that game. When it comes out, yeah. Uh, so that's Aurora, the Lost Medallion, I believe it is. So um, I might wait until the full game is out, but that's uh, so. Yeah. So uh, thank you for that, Thomas. Um, so now, one game that I checked out was not exhibited, but I spoke with the developer Tom Simpson, who is also on Patreon, and I forgot to mention that he's developer of this game, but he's working on. Now, I'm going to get the pronunciation wrong because it's uh, it's famously very difficult to pronounce, and it's French. Uh, let's, let's see, Feria Dal. Oh. It's uh, don't know if anybody's heard of this, not necessarily game, but it, it is based on the famous bullfighting tournament. Oh, wow. And 
Uh, now, I spoke with Tom at the at AdventureX Con, and he had a very interesting story. That he said he just came up with the story because he wanted to, to just uh, read an article rand- about a random topic, and he said whichever topic that he saw, that, that would be the topic in the game. <laughs> so the topic that he read was about this bullfighting tournament in a city in France. So the now he also did mention that yes, bullfighting is controversial, but he said that you know that this is just kind of like the MacGuffin, like the background topic that you don't get to kill the bull in the game. So um, he said that's not one of the puzzles. So he said it's just a background topic of the game. So you play as a young girl called Molly, and she wants to become a matador, and she needs to follow three trials. To become a matador. Does that sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> yes. Hmm. Uh, now you mentioned himself that it obviously it's inspired by Monkey Island. I was going to say, is it a mighty matador she wants to become? Uh, yes, actually, I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, that's the first line in Fairy No way, uh, is she, it? One of them anyway. And now she goes and she wants to become a bullfighter. She meets a character who's a bit like Stan, the sailor in Monkey Island. Okay. But there are a few problems. Now, again, it's, it is inspired by Monkey Island, but from what I saw, it seemed to be its own thing as well. Yeah. Um, and she needs to, first of all, uh, she's a woman, so she can't. Only men can be matadors. So she has to find a way to look like a, a boy or a male in this case. She's also very small. You can be this height, uh, according to this line somewhere. So she has to try and make herself be taller. And uh, There's something else which I can't remember either. But again, he showed me some of the animations as well, some of the early puzzles as you explore the city. And there are some really nice animations. There's one animation in particular invol- involving a barber's chair, where you need to get you need to get a haircut. It sounds a lot like you... Monkey Island. <laughs> it's like the curse of Monkey Island. <laughs> yes, and you. But it's uh, I won't reveal the you know the puzzle itself. But it was very very funny, very very charming. And again, it's a pixel art, two D. It looks beautiful, and it, uh, it also. It is, uh, there's additional writing and design by Alastair Beckett King, which you may have heard of. He is the developer of Nelly Kutalat and professional comedian. (laughs) So you know it's going to be funny anyway. And you get to explore the city of Arl. And from what I saw, yes, it did, it was definitely inspired by Monkey Island, but I, I really enjoyed it. Now, it wasn't a lot that I played, but it looks great. It looks right up my alley. And I believe it's coming out in either November or December 2019. Uh, so, uh, so again, it's it, it's an, a unique topic because I don't know of any other games that is set in this part of the world, in this city. And he said as well, he tried to even... Okay, it's a cartoon, it's a comedy game, but he did try and uh, be, you know, kind of semi-realistic with the locations as well. So, um, so yeah, that's a game that I'm looking forward to. So that's... Feria Dar, which will be out on Steam and on itch.io, I believe. Cool. So, uh, so Laura, is there? Since you played all the games, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna bring up this one just because it was so different uh, to some of the others. Um, it's called The Longing. Um, its publisher is Application Systems Heidelberg, which you may know from Lamplight City, things like that. Uh, the developer Studio Soifs. Um, and it's basically like this ultra slow idle game, uh, which is 
it's uh, 400 days in real time you play um and you're basically this little um the last servant of a king who's who once ruled this big underground kingdom he's got he falls asleep for 400 days uh to sort of regain his might and you are just wandering around this little sad black imp basically <laughs> wandering around these caverns um as, waiting for him to do that uh, and it's so sad, but like it's the tongue is firmly in cheek. It, it's got some really dark humor because he's just he's just kind of um, he wanders around basically being like he, he, the whole point of the game is, you know, you could just close the game, start the game up, close it, come back to it in 400 days and see how it ends because it runs whilst you're not playing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you could just do that. Obviously, that's not what they actually want you to do. The point is that as you sort of trundle around in these caves, um, you're, you can like pick up things to help brighten your little, uh, room that you've got. So you pick up, you can find little bits of loam, which are different colors, and you can paint drawings and you can sort of set them off drawing for a cup because that takes a couple of minutes. And the more things you do, which sort of brighten up his room, that will, um, make a few minutes go quicker so you're coming up with lots of different ways to, to make things go quicker by you know getting him to draw things finding things to like put up in in his room um but it's just I, I although it sounds like a bizarre concept i was actually quite <laughs> gripped by it because it, there's just something weird about a game that wants you to basically just trundle around doing not very much it is quite sort of reflective i don't know and it was quite funny as well because he he you know he's just sort of uh oh you can you can read books in real time as well so he finds book books uh, like moby dick you can just read moby dick yeah, in, yeah the, the, the entire actual, moby dick is in yeah, there it it's the entire book the full you book is there that. and there's other books in there as well that you can just read um and poetry uh, yeah i remember um, I was speaking to Volker Ritzhaupt, who who was who was there with the game, um, who was sort of telling me, you know, he would manage to finish it in ten days. Um, so you can finish it quickly. It's not a game. You're not going to necessarily take four hundred days. And he said, there's only one end ending where you actually do take four hundred days. Um, so there's about four endings you can find. Um, so you, d- you know, al- although they sort of sell it as, oh, it's this long game it's gonna take you 400 days to finish it actually won't probably um but i I don't know i just thought it was (laughs) like for example there's a door that um you know takes about three minutes to open that you and you just sit there whilst it's opening and it's just kind of sort of funny things like that which sound sort of odd but when you're playing them it's just quite funny (laughs) i don't know how else to describe it really and i remember walking up the stairs as well yeah you do a lot of walking up the stairs slowly yeah you can you can bookmark locations so you can for instance if you need to do something that requires you to go all the way up in the tower you uh you you need to walk there first but then you can bookmark it so the next time you need to walk there you uh, you basically say go there and you let him walk and you go make dinner or something and then by the time you get back he's there and yeah. uh, you can do that but indeed and and um there is a place where you can see the map and it, and uh, once you start there and you don't do anything he starts zooming out and then you see slowly you see like two-thirds of the map appear but apparently there are also lots of un- uh, lots of secret rooms and rooms where time stops which is a bit weird because oh, i did not know that yeah I, I talked to him quite a lot he was very very passionate about the game and for me it was 
it, it ticked my box of exploring because I love exploring yeah. areas that I don't know of. But I'm also very impatient when it comes to that stuff. So I'm <laughs> like, I don't know if I should play this game because I might go mad. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, there, there's an element of that, I guess. Um, it, could, it could happen either way. And I suppose the nice bit, as you said, is you can just you, you can set them off to do something and then go do your own thing. And people might say, well, what's the point of that as a game? But I, I don't know. It, it's, it's a just, casual game. Yeah, it's a casual game. I, I like the fact he was mentioning as well, there's these sort of time-based puzzles. So there might be, uh, for example, like a, a an icicle or a stalagmite in the way. And after a week in real time, that will melt. Really? And then you can go past it. So there's like bits where you, you can't go through the whole map. So there's so, Or there was something like a certain type of fungus needs to grow to fill a gap and you have to wait for like a couple of days for that to happen and all so that kind of stuff yeah it literally you yeah. need to literally in real time our time yeah, but that's, yeah. that's yeah that's, that's, that's not so that's... weird i mean there's lots of resource management games that do that do that as well you know okay adventure games i mean i don't know any other adventure well, it's games not, it's not really this, a but... traditional adventure game in that no, way no it's not that's, no it's not at all but that's why i brought it up because i just thought yeah. it was so yeah no it's different. definitely very unique and there's nothing like a german existential crisis <laughs> <to And, laughs> yeah but it's very funny too Oh, it was hilarious. There's some really nice uh, animations, and uh, the the publisher showed me as well. Uh, it was some funny animation when you try to go through a door, but then I think that the door you you couldn't go through it. And I think it was a library door, <laughs> and um, and and yeah, no, but there there were. But I love the concept. Yeah. And I, I can I can see people getting the game and then literally waiting four hundred days. I can see people doing that. That's over a year. I, I know, but I can. I, hey, look with all the games that are out. I mean, it's well, it's it's a, nice it's a good second sense. screen game. You know, if you have multiple screens, you just yeah, put it on a second cool. screen. You do something else, and every now and then you you just check what he's doing. Check on the character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, like little computer people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's taking me back. Very sad Tamagotchi. <laughs> So, well, that was The Longing, and so I am certainly longing for that game. Hey. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh no. Ooh. Here he goes again. It begins. <laughs> and yes, I am the only one laughing at that joke, as always. So, well, we can move on from that. So, thank you, Laura. And uh, so, do you know when it comes out? Do you imagine when yeah, it comes out? Obviously, I do. Um, now, uh, on Steam, it, it says 2019, but um, Volker told me it's probably going to be more like February, March 2020. Okay, so still a bit to wait if you're yeah. listening in 2019. Uh, so, <laughs> I hope you are. <laughs> uh, well, if, if not. But anyway, thank you for that. And uh, Thomas? Yes, uh, speaking of games that are coming out, uh, this one is already out because it was one of the games that uh, got attached to uh, Apple Arcade, uh, and it was highly secret, so nobody knew it was already coming out, but it came out on the October 22nd. And the game I'm talking about is Tangled Tower, and it is a detective grimoire game where uh, you and mm. a partner are sent to the uh, titular Tangled Tower to find out if it is uh, what happened to uh, one of the inhabitants that seemed to have been killed by a painting. And by that, I don't mean that the painting fell over and fell on the person. <laughs> no, I meant that once you uh, find the crime scene early in the game, the person in the painting is holding a knife and the blood on the knife is not paint. It is actual blood from 
the person who died, who who was stabbed, and um, I, uh, I I had never uh, I had not heard of this yet, but uh, I, I started playing it and it really grabbed me because it's it it looks really cool, a really uh, cartoony but in a very cool way, and it's just a, an intriguing story. How the hell did this painting kill this person? Obviously, it can't have been the painting. But then, what the hell is going on? There are all kinds of quirky characters in in this building, and you uh, you walk around in, inside and outside the building trying to find clues. And yeah, it, it was a really really fun experience. It comes free with Apple Arcade, if I'm not uh, mistaken, and you can get it on on Steam as well. Uh, I think it's also on Twitch, uh, on Switch. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I think it, with with. Uh, with Switch. Apple Arcade, you just pay like mm. you pay like five bucks quid a, a month. month. Yeah, yeah, and you just get all those games. So yeah, yeah. It it was uh, it was a game that that when I uh, stopped playing it, I was like, but I really don't want to stop playing this. <laughs> now <laughs> so, I know the feeling. Yeah, I want to know what what goes on. I want to know what the story. So yeah, uh, uh, it, it was uh, it was cool, and um, I, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I I played a yeah, little bit too. of it. Yeah, me too. I played well. it, and I agree. Of course, you did. <laughs> you played all of them, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I played. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, no, I, I, I forgot for a moment yeah, there. It's it, pity that uh, people can't see this the sarcastic expression from Laura. <laughs> well, we. Uh, <laughs> Good thing I, they I didn't see it. that. Good thing they didn't see that. <laughs> Flipping, flipping victory signs off. This, this is great radio, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. We, uh, no, I, I played it before the the welcome uh, and uh, before Charles Cecil's talk on Sunday morning, so I had to finish early. But I, I really enjoyed what I played because at first glance it looks like a casual game, kind of where you, you know, like a hidden object game. And I'm not usually into those games because I hate pixel hunting. But I enjoyed this. But it, it wasn't, wasn't absolutely. That was not not the case. There this was no pixel hunting. This was it's, really a point and click adventure game. Exactly, and the voice acting was great. I believe at least uh, the guy in it. He's famous, I believe. Now I don't know what he played. Something uh, that we all know. Now, if I had planned and prepared, but I just saw this today on Twitter that I believe the developer said, "Yes, you may have heard his voice where he did." This other thing, which I've completely forgotten about, but he is well known. <laughs> well, he really reminded so, uh, me of Guybrush Threepwood in the third Monkey Island. It's, it's not him. It's not him. It's not the same, but it is that kind of voice and that kind of acting. It's really good voice acting. Yes. No, the, the humor as well. It's a very, very funny game. It's a very surreal game and very beautiful to look at as well. It's uh, And it's from the developers of Detective Grimoire as well, which people may have played And it's well, sort of a, so. sing- a sequel to that. Yeah, kind of sequel. I believe it is. Yeah, because he is the main character. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's Tangled Tower. So that's uh, one game. Do, do you know if, if it's out? It is out. It actually. is out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it came out October twenty second, two weeks yes. ago, by surprise. On, on Apple Arcade. So <laughs> <laughs> nice surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And, but but okay. The cool thing was that um, because they had this deal with Apple, they could not showcase their their game anywhere. So they could also not really test it uh, on certain things so uh, they said that this was the first time that they actually saw people play the game and it, uh, and and they uh, they saw a few things that they needed to, to improve and they could change a bit so for them it was a really different experience because they had no idea how the people would react to the game well and i and i'm like i i thought it was really cool 
So I hope uh, they uh, they they get to it, tweak it a little bit so it even gets even better, and then uh, uh, I hope uh, one of us gets to play it as well in the future. And hopefully we can review the full game then in the future. Yeah. No, that so, was the full game. Yeah. We played the full game. It wasn't the demo. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was just the game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the game is out, so they didn't need yeah. to, to use a demo. They, they just had the full just game play there. the game. So you played the... Th- oh, okay, I did not know that. <laughs> that's why it was so long. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wanted to keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe we, we can finish the game then. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's Tangled Tower. Thank you, Thomas. And so now the next game that I checked out was another game that was not exhibited. And I spoke to the developer actually from Adventure for Life Studios and Pontus Wittenmark actually introduced me to him. And uh, this is called Plot of the Druid. And so you play as, well, a druid, naturally, but you are kicked out of the university because, well... It's explained in the game, you have broken, shall we say, all of the rules of the university. And there's a kind of, you know, quite funny sequence at the beginning where the three kind of wizard druids, the head wizard druids, are explaining to you why you are expelled and you can choose, you know, to defend yourself. And, uh, but they say, no, no, we have evidence that you committed these crimes. So you need to then work your way back into the druid society now this game sounds pretty cool because some of the things that you can do as a druid you can you have to learn these skills and abilities in the game so some of the things you can do are you can make earthquakes you can turn night into day you can transform into a small furry creature and then you have to uh, crash a radical party by the druids against nature and you then need to rescue a beautiful princess from a nasty bladder infection oh dear oh, oh dear and <laughs> and all while you're trying to finish school so but then there's a dangerous tournament about to start and nobody's ever won this tournament but you need to then try and win the tournament to get back into the school but then other things start to happen as well the developer uh told me as well so this is a fantasy point-and-click adventure game it has the developer said a dry sarcastic British wit that's reminiscent of Simon the Sorcerer, Discworld, and Harry Potter. Mm. And so it's, now it's one of the things that I thought was good about this game is it's 2D and it looks kind of like pixel art, but it's not pixel art. The developer said that he wanted the, uh, you know, the, the game to make us feel like it's a pixel art game if we're playing one of these games like Simon the Sorcerer or Discworld. But he wanted to update the graphics that are high definition graphics, but in a similar style of pixel art, if that makes any sense. And it it no. looks re- <laughs> no no it's <laughs> don't know what, I don't understand what you mean. It's going to be polite, in, but <laughs> well, it has a similar coloring scheme, shall we say, of okay. the games like uh, oh, okay. Discworld and uh, Simon the Sorcerer, and even this year's Guard Duty. But the graphics themselves are high definition, so you can. Tell it's you know it's a point and click adventure game, and you know first glance it oh this pixel oh no it's not they're high definition so anyway you can see screenshots anyway it's on Steam there's a Steam page for it, and um and yeah I it's still very early development but the developer is currently going around different uh, conferences showing the game to people and you know doing interviews and it has uh, different features and it will also be available as well as in english it will be available in hebrew spanish french german and italian 
That's the objective of the developer. And uh, yeah, no, from what I saw, from what I played, it looked really cool. The developer really, really wanted to try and make this, you know, its own thing as well, like an updated version of either Discworld or Simon the Sorcerer as well. So I'm looking forward to it. There's no release date yet. Uh, probably around 2020, 2021, but I was interested when I first heard about this game a few weeks ago. So when I saw the developer, I was like, oh, cool, let's let's talk about this. So so that is Plot of the Druid. And it's, it, there's a Steam page where you can wishlist the game if you wish as well. Uh, so, uh, Laura, I believe there's one more game you wanted to talk about. Indeed, yes. Um, and this one isn't set in uh, Canada. You'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> um, it's oh, called. There's a nice uh, team going along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called. I don't think the longing was either, but unless it was sort of underground true. Canada. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this one just caught my eye actually as I was wandering around. It's called Metropolis. M U T R O M O L I S, and it it kind of has the graphical stylings. It reminded me a little bit of. Um, Broken Age, if you ever played that, sort of mm-hmm. yes. uh, light kind of pastel colours, kind of cartoon-like almost, but um, really, really beautiful. And it just had a really interesting premise, which was basically that it follows these archaeologists um, set in the future who are discovering things from the 20th century and they've no idea what they are, sort of things like the pyramids um, or I think they said something else like Humphrey Bogart's movies, things like that, all these kind of things that we we know about in the 20th century and it's sort of set in the 50th century where this team have no idea they you know they've got all this sort of fancy technology but they've no idea what these objects are and they're just uncovering them for the first time and it's kind of sort of this tongue-in-cheek thing where they're discovering things saying things like made in china and they're like what could this mean um uh so it's quite funny in that way but i just i in the demo you kind of are one of these archaeologists who's also fancies himself as a bit of a detective. Um, and he's sort of going around, he's got this sort of basic mission of trying to find his lost trowel and he's interrogating people and they all find him a bit of a pain, it, it seems. But um, it had some really nice, like interesting kind of inventory puzzles uh, to deal with. I thought the dialogue, um, considering, you know, it's not from an, an English studio or anything, was really smart, really sharp. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I enjoyed it. I thought the the graphics looked really nice and, um, it just felt like a really well put together, um, adventure game. Yeah. That was one of those stands that it was impossible to get in between because there was always someone playing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Usually it was you or Saoirse, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was developed by two, um, two, Sp- two people from Madrid, two Spanish, yeah. uh, folks. Uh, they were both artists. So that is clear from the from the look of the game uh, and it, it it was also a game that intrigued me uh it, it they showed me some um some screenshots that they had printed out and it just yeah it, it had it looked really good and i i want to play that <laughs> yeah well, me too yeah yeah no I, I played a demo like you mentioned and Again, I really liked how they set it up. That they, you know, you, they introduce the characters, they introduce kind of the storyline, they some of the puzzles that you expect because it's not necessarily an easy game. You had to think, mm. you had to think about how you had to use. So the main character, the developer, told me that even said in the future that you had to use kind of uh, objects that are in the past with like a travel. You need to, you know, to 
go into a location. And when I saw a kind of a door with all these symbols, I was thinking, oh, this could be this like Heaven's Vault. Is that what we're going for? But then, well, no, it was a twist. It might come as a surprise so, to you, but Heaven's Vault was uh, a game that I enjoyed immensely. So really? uh, I, you should I, tell us about that sometime. I will, I will. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so games with uh, archaeology uh, is obviously uh, something that we have to keep an eye on because you know no. Indiana Jones and Heaven's Vault mm-hmm. and all this. So. No, no, th- this game is different. It did feel different to Heaven's Vault. Of course, that clear as well. Very much <laughs> no, so. Yeah. This, um, this is way more classic, uh, classic point-and-click adventure game uh, yeah. setup. So yes. So that's, uh, that was Metropolis, yes, and I love the graphics as well, as you mentioned. Yes. And there's, it also ends on a cliffhanger in the demo. That, um, And from what they're telling me as well, they're telling me about events that happen later in the game. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm really intrigued. I yeah. really want to know more. And I believe they're looking for a publisher, uh, they were telling me. So we don't have an exact release date. I think the game is finished, is it? Yes, they've they basically finished it all, mm. you know, give or take one or two tweaks, and they're looking for someone to publish it. So if you, I mean, obviously, if you like the sound of what you've heard, maybe a new <laughs> yeah. publisher. Reach get out. on we it. We want to play this game. Come on. Publish this <laughs> <Hurry> game. <up. laughs> we want to play this game. Oh, sorry, that's Mexican. I wanted to say something <laughs> in Spanish. <laughs> Vámonos. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, okay, thank you for that, uh, Laura. So that was Metropolis. And so now, Thomas, which I believe is the final game that we're going to talk about. Yes. Uh, well, there were obviously... So be a good one. There were obviously <laughs> many more games uh, that were displayed sure. at, at Adventure X, and we would we would do a disservice to, to not... Uh, we can't mention them all, uh, yeah. but as I said at the beginning, every game I played was good. Uh, I'm yeah. not. I'm not a visual novel kind of guy. I noticed because there is not enough interaction for me. But the f- two visual novels that were presented there had twists that made them interesting. So uh, for me, so for instance, um, but the game I uh, I, I want to mention last is completely different from everything else. First of all, I completed it, and it's called After Hours. And it's oh, yes. uh, yeah. very. It, it was created by uh, a, a lady from South Africa, and she plays herself in the game as well. It is a very dark, disturbing, real, personal, but also beautiful piece of art that really makes you think. Because it's about anxiety. It's about uh, bipolar. It's about um, uh, assault. Uh, it's not a. It's not a fun game. Absolutely not, but it is, I think, important to to play this. It, I think it took me 10, 15 minutes maybe. It, it's not that long, but it leaves a very big impression. And I'm, I'm glad I played it um, because it, it obviously doesn't represent everyone who suffers from bipolar disorder or who has suffered f- through an assault or, or, or that kind of stuff, but it does give give you uh, as much as a video game can an impression of what goes through someone's mind uh for instance you 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 have dialogue options and you want to select an option but the option goes red because simple uh you think you want to do that but in reality you say something else and that's part of the whole experience of this of this uh this idea unfortunately the creator herself wasn't there i would love to get her mm. uh on our uh, uh yeah, on an interview be because yeah. she was 
Uh, and and I actually I only found out that she was playing herself in the game afterwards because if you if they had told me that 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 was an actress I would have believed it because I think it takes a lot of guts to uh, write something this personal for, and then make something this personal and then put yourself out there in something this personal. I mean there are plenty of people who who obviously create something that is personal, but. Uh, not not in a way like this. So uh, I was very very impressed by uh, by what I would, what I what I played through, what I was shown. It is uh, it is a, a yeah, by lack of a better word, a bit arty in mm. the in the way that um, uh, that it looks. Well, we should say it's um, it's like it's a sort of FMV game, um, almost, for motion yeah. video, yeah. Almost so that. it's so when when you say it's personal, it is personal because it's her on screen. Her. Yeah, yeah, it's not like yeah. it's animated. I mean, it is slightly animated, as you say, because there's things like her eyes, uh, you know, gets a little kind of like purple scribbles over them at points, or there's like bits and like blue streaks go through her hair, and there's sort of like stylized bits. So it's not just yeah. her; it's like kind of black and white. Uh, full uh, FMV. Sure, and one of the parts that I found interesting was when she was looking through the photos of in Facebook, the old photos, and then you know show you know saying, "Oh, this is you know when I was happy, you know, with a friend," and yeah. then you have you kind of delve into it. Then who was this person? Well, but... I don't know this yes. person, and it felt uh, and and I've I've uh, dealt with people with bipolar disease, and I've dealt myself with. Uh, um, depression and stuff like that so it it all felt genuine it all felt real it all felt extremely personal it felt dark and it was also beautiful right so it could also help people you know who maybe suffer from this and other people who maybe don't really understand that it can help people understand as well so you never know what's going on in someone's head in someone's heart exactly in someone's life so please be kind to each other Mm -hmm. no absolutely so um, so that was after hours, and the game is out now, I believe. I honestly, I, I'm not entirely it sure. Is, it is, yeah. I've just had a quick look, and it is, yeah. It's it's out, so you can you can play it. I don't. I think it's available on Mac and Windows. You can't get it on Steam. There's something else called After Hours on Steam. It's not that. It's not that. So <laughs> don't be playing that expecting an FMV about bipolar. <laughs> okay, <laughs> could be a, a different type of game on yes, Steam. Yeah, yeah it's, it's also probably a bit longer. Because it's yeah. it's not that long, but yeah, it, a... it left a very big impression on me. No, absolutely. Okay, well, thank you for that. Now, as Thomas, you mentioned, there were plenty of other games that we don't have time so to talk about. Now, one other game we've already talked about is Spectre Waffles is there. Great to meet Colossal Games. And there were, as I said, other, other games as well. I will add a link to the Adventure X website where you can then go through all of the games that were exhibited that you can then check out yourself. Some of them are available now. Um, they're available to play now. So, um, so yeah. So, and some of the games will be out now, and we hope to get some of the developers on the podcast later time. I will be uploading the interviews that I did, kind of like mini interviews that I did on Patreon for now, and hopefully we can get the longer interview in the future. Um, so that was. Um, I believe that was your first Adventure X, Thomas? Yes, yes. And so overall, what's your final impressions, your overall impressions of Adventure X? Exhausting, fun, <laughs> interesting, 
passionate. I've, I've, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen this many passionate people. It was amazing to talk to them because every one of the developers that I talked to had a, a great story to tell, not just in their games, but a personal story as well. That's why I hope we, we get a lot of, we get to do a lot of interviews with them because mm-hmm. I heard so many awesome things, you know, and, 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 and people who were, 15 when they started doing this or people who were 40 42 when they started doing this and it it was very inspiring to be around with so many people and it was a very safe environment uh, mm-hmm. because there was a lot of diversity there you know I, I was pleasantly surprised by uh the amount of diversity on display uh, at adventure x and the positive vibes that that were emanating and it was also very cool to meet fans. <laughs> a bit surreal. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank, yeah. thank you to the people we thank mentioned. You. I can't remember to believe one was Kieran as well and some developers. And uh, so thank you as well. Yes, yeah, we, 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 we have fans. We got so many <laughs> positive feedback from 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 developers, from just visitors, mm-hmm. from organization, like, oh we love we love what you're doing. Well, we love what we're doing. That's what why we're doing. doing. We love what you're doing. We love to do this. That's what we're doing. So we hopefully can contribute a bit in the success of all these stories that are out there. Because, again, we said it multiple times in the past months, and especially last weekend, we live in a golden age of mm-hmm. adventure games and a golden age of narrative gaming. Because not all the games we played there were te- technically adventure games, but they were mm. all worth playing. So even if you didn't get mentioned now on air um we will we will somehow mention i'm going to write a, a, oh, a short article yeah. about mm-hmm. every, all the games i've seen there might take a while because it was a lot to take in but please everybody keep on doing what you're doing i hope uh, if you don't have a publisher yet that you find a publisher uh, i hope if you haven't finished the game yet that you get to finish the game on your terms and uh, also don't crunch Yes. <laughs> health health <laughs> first. Important. Make yes, the yes. game you want mm-hmm. to make and we will play that game you want to, because we want to play the game that you want to make. Exactly. Even in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, love it. Um, uh, Laura, your impressions? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I this is my second time. This is your second time, yes. Um, and I'll, I'll just quickly say I, I was also there for Adventure Gamers, so I will be writing up my findings. Um, you'll be able to find <coughs> that at some point on the website, so do check that out as well. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, we will be covering all the games there. Um, but yeah, I, once again, as Thomas said, just such a nice, welcoming community of people everyone's so friendly uh, the talks are so interesting it attracts you know really big names and really interesting people it you know considering it's what some may consider a, a niche idea for a convention the the names it attracts the quality it attracts as well oh, the quality is so high yeah so high um and you know it was the same last year as well and just everyone is so lovely everyone just loves adventure games and that's just the best thing ever yeah everybody loves talking with each other about it and you see people you see new connections being made you see uh, lots of laughter uh people dressing up as as as, as game yes. characters i mean uh, of course, cosplay is nothing new, but it's so cool to see it for adventure I'm, game. I, I, I'm pretty sure if I dress up like Guybrush Streetwood at that convention, everybody would know who I am. But if I if I do that for a carnival or whatever, they would be like, "Oh, you're a pirate." No, I'm not a pirate. I'm the pirate. Mighty pirate. Mighty pirate. Yeah. <laughs> 
And they, the people who dressed up were actually some the fans of the podcast. They told us, yeah. So, yeah, that was so, awesome. Yeah, so thank you. So and, and, yes, no. It's, and I also yeah. hope that you know we we still have what I noticed in and and that totally makes sense is we still very much look back at uh, the previous golden age uh, uh, to the Lucasfilm games uh, to uh, to the Shera games and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But with so many good content coming out, I hope in I'm, I'm sure that in 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 the next decade. People will look back at those games and the games being made now as the new classics. So absolutely, and I hope yeah. I genuinely believe so. I hope we get to um, see and get to play so many new classics because there is so much talent out there. Oh, absolutely! No, it's uh, yeah. No, I, I love the fact that he put a couple of hundred introverted nerds together <laughs> in, a, in one place in a library, no less. And then great things happen. And then we all go to the pub. And again, introverted nerds out in the pub. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also a big shout out to the organization because uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I, I have a bachelor in event management myself. So I know how hard it is to organize <laughs> small, big, massive events. Uh, this was a good event. There were a few tweaks, of course, but in general, they took really good care of everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, uh, when we went to the pub afterwards, it was a fantastic atmosphere. They arranged for food. We even got a free pint when we got there. I hope everybody got that that free pint. Uh, they, they just that was it was just awesome, you know. Um, and next year, we already talked about this. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to come back next year and we're going to take a bit more It'll time longer, yes. to, to be less stressed so we don't need to rush out <laughs> at 6 o'clock to get that, get that plane so we can, can uh, enjoy a few more uh, drinks, uh, whether alcoholic or not, afterwards. Because it was awesome to talk to all these people uh, outside of the convention as well. You know, where you just talk about life and talk about the stuff you've done and, and uh, the cool things they're going to do. And uh, as I said, everybody had a has a has a story, whether they were there as a visit as a visitor or or uh, or an um, exhibitor. Uh, we met so many cool people. Absolutely, and uh, Laura and I were strategically placed for the food in the pub. <laughs> we had such a good thing going on there. <laughs> we, yeah, we were by the and table. I was getting the beers all the time, so I made yeah. sure that you got some food for me. What a great team! Uh-huh. Absolutely, but you know, my favorite part to end off on no? was the I cannot really say exactly what we're <laughs> saying on this podcast, but the Monkey Island innuendos. Yes, <laughs> <Don't know> if- <laughs> that Francisco. Was funny. Thank you, Francisco Gonzalez. Yes, you have ruined Monkey Island forever. The guy's got a good <laughs> sense of humor. He certainly does. And, uh, so, and I hope so, they had yes. a great time in Ireland because you showed them around Dublin for a bit, right? I I did. Yes, I met up with them. As, yeah, you. <laughs> uh, my my two best pals, Franny G and Jesse oh, H, as I called them. <laughs> now we met up for a bit, and again, two really really nice people, passionate about adventure games as well. And we had a great, great time talking to me about well, about their careers as well and uh, other adventure games as well. That um, that we had a great, great time. So I uh, hope hope they're enjoying Ireland as well. Maybe not the weather, but <laughs> well, um, it's great, great to see them. And so hopefully us, we'll see them again either next year, Adventure X, or in the US or wherever. So um, so yeah. So I believe that's it for this yeah. week. We've uh, talked about a lot. So. Uh, next week, I will be joined by Martin Hentzes, who is part of Team Clam. So, Thomas, you'll be interested in this. Oh, yeah. He is one half 
of the people who made Clam Man. I loved Clam so Man. There are two brothers who made it, and he spoke to me about it. So he spoke uh, about the game, about humor in game, about how he wanted to add humor to the game, and uh, just what were his objectives as well with the game, and his future plans as well. He has made another game, which I spoke about, Abide With Me, which is very different. But that was a really fun interview, so that will be next week. And then the following week, we will be back to three of us. I will be speaking about uh, my time at Wordplay in Toronto. There's a lot of cool games there as well. So that will be uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, this is coming from the recording. So really looking forward to that. I'll be talking about my experiences there as well. And so before we finish, Dan, is there, now we know we've spoken a lot already, but uh, Thomas, is there anything you'd like to mention before we finish up for this week? It was uh, great fun being in the same room with you guys. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> By the way, if anybody hasn't seen the photo on Twitter of the three of us, <laughs> it's uh, we're all smiling. Yay. <laughs> that, we had a yes, few we sm- Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the reason. <laughs> no, it, it was great that we yeah. met in person and we met so many great people. And uh, well, thank you. And Laura? Yep. anything else no same lovely to meet you guys for the first time mm-hmm. uh and uh here's to many more yes so no i'm genuinely delighted to that to do this with the two of you that <laughs> randomly choose the two of you out of anyone else <laughs> no it was gr- great to do this with you to meet you guys and hopefully we can meet up again soon not just for adventure x but for other things as well we can plan as well mm-hmm. uh there are other conferences and even if we either go to visit Lauren Redding, I'm sure she'd be delighted to <laughs> to host us, and uh, yeah. or in Dublin or Galway. <laughs> exactly. And um, before we close off, could you once uh, more repeat what people can do to become a Patreon supporter? Yes. <laughs> yes. So if you do want to support this podcast, because it is costing us money to do this, so if you want to help ensure the podcast continues, and if you want to help improve the podcast, you can go on patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast. There will be some extras if you uh, subscribe, if you become a Patreon subscriber. So on the subscription you can get episodes uh, earlier so at least the interview episodes earlier plus a few other things and for five dollars of course you get more you get these interviews at least first before anybody else as well as the episodes the regular episodes and few extra episodes that we'll be doing in the future um, that we need to discuss as well so yeah that would be really, really great we already have a few people on patreon thank you so much to you guys as Thank well. You. It really, really means a lot to us that you can help us continue. And as I said, it's very easy to subscribe. And well, we will be continuing with the podcast anyway, but this will ensure that we get to continue. So, uh, so thank you so much. So, right. Well, I better start packing. <laughs> you better start packing and everybody else keep questing. Yeah. So thank you very much. So have a great weekend and a great week then. So until next time. Bye bye.